0: Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie. good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today, breaking down news of the day. None other than my brother from another mother, David Schuster, TYT contributor, all-star rebel HQ giant. All right, always a fascinating breakdown. Top story of the day, Tim Scott, Senator Tim Scott, number one on the VP pick list for Donald Trump. Giuliani, number nothing, is broke, says he makes about 3,000 bucks a month, is bankrupt, and he says Trump owes him a rough 2 million. All right, put up the picture full mass, hell of a thing. Charleston, South Carolina, Senator Tim Scott, according to the latest report is quickly rising in the ranks. To be Donald Trump's running mate and a Trump ally, who's spoken with both men about the matter now says, quote, it's a real possibility, end quote, that the senator's tap is real. This person said, and quote, and he take the job in a second. You don't say, I mean, all he had to do is betray his buddy, Nikki Haley, who gave him the job as senator in the first place. There's more NBC. News spoke with roughly half a dozen Republicans about the potential for Trump to tap Scott as his VP nominee. Most of whom said Scott would be interested in the position, but would not try try to outgun other contenders behind the scene. No, he leaves that to Nikki Haley. All right, so Scott's ascension ascendance on the list to potential running mates comes as he endorsed the former president, ahead head of the New Hampshire primary, as you remember, uh, and has quickly turned into a frequent surrogate, offering full-throated support on the trail and on television that has been so fulsome, it's caught the attention of Trump and his allies. Quote, we need a Scott, said, in, we need a president, excuse me, who will unite our country. We need Donald Trump, Scott said in endorsing Trump before a rally of supporters in Concord, New Hampshire, that was last month. In a recent interview with Fox News, Trump himself named Drop Scott when asked about potential VP picks, quote, I called Tim Scott this week because a lot of people like Tim Scott, Trump said, I called him and I said, you are a much better candidate for me than you are for yourself. It could be a lot of people. It's just Trump's backhanded way of complimenting, but not complimenting. You know, okay. And he continued of his potential choice, but it was interesting. I watched him over the last two weeks. As you know, he endorsed me fully, endorsed me as opposed to a partial endorsement. I assume gave me a beautiful endorsement, and he has been really strong in terms of that. But I don't want anybody to take even any inference. But it's incredible, end quote. (laughs) Trump is confused himself. Um, So when he talks like this, it's just the streaming line of consciousness, okay? He's just telling you how he currently thinks. He doesn't know, he has no idea. There's more. Uh, A person close to the senator pointed out that Trump and Scott have a long standing relationship from Trump's time in office when they work together on tax cuts, opportunity zones, Increased funding for historically black colleges and universities, criminal justice reform, and other legislative goals. They worked on them, didn't get a damn thing passed. They worked on them. Uh, he's enjoying the surrogate role, this person said, noting Scott may be doing more media now on Trump's behalf than he was during his presidential run. He's having fun with this process, And quote. Trump still has a ways to go to clinch the Republican presidential nomination, but so far he has won all four. Of the first contest, he said to notch another win um, this month in South Carolina, the home state of both Scott and Nikki Haley, the state's former governor, and the only remaining major Trump challenger in the race. Meanwhile, uh, Giuliani, let's put him up. Giuliani is somewhere in a corner saying that is supposed to be me, damn it. Giuliani has filed bankruptcy, claiming that his monthly income is less than 20 percent $500, former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani is now accusing his longtime friend and ally, Donald Trump, of owing him about $2 million in unpaid legal fees connected to attempts to overturn the 2020 presidential election results. I'll keep this picture up. I'm laughing because it was Giuliani who told us that Trump was a smart man for not paying taxes, that Trump was a good businessman for filing bankruptcies to avoid paying his debt. And now he is owed a debt and believes he's special. No, sir, you are not. During a bankruptcy court session in New York, Giuliani told his creditors on Wednesday that he accepted the Trump campaign's request to investigate baseless allegations of election fraud. Those claims over voter fraud were later found to be untrue after he performed, work for Trump's campaign. Giuliani said his expenses were covered, but he never got a salary, the Independent reported. At the hearing, Giuliani estimated that he's owed about 2 million for running Trump's legal team. As they attempted to overturn the 2020 election, when Trump was defeated by current President Joe Biden. Giuliani has declined to hold the former president accountable. What he says are unpaid legal fees. Once I took over, he says, it was my understanding that I would be paid by the campaign for my legal work and my expenses to be paid, he said, according to The Independent. Quote, when we submitted the invoice for payment, they just paid the expenses. Not all, but most. They never paid the legal fees. Meanwhile, Giuliani filed bankruptcy last December after he was ordered to pay a $148 million judgment in a defamation suit filed by Georgia election workers, Ruby Freeman and Michelle Moss. They filed the suit after Giuliani falsely accused them of committing election fraud during the 2020 election. Those claims come as Giuliani previously stated, his net income is only $2,308 per month in a recent federal bankruptcy court filing. Uh, which documents were submitted to the US Bankruptcy Court for the Southern District of New York. Um, I actually think he's going to be charged um, with that as well. Uh, Likely according to experts, he lied on those documents too. That's another charge coming. Hell of a thing, Uh, Giuliani uh, completely on the outs, broke according to him. Uh, Cannot get his money back from Donald Trump. Giuliani, you are an attorney, at least you used to be. Uh, do you have an agreement with the campaign? Is there a contract? What do the four corners say of the contract? All right, um, Dave. I got to say this, man. Um, you know, for him to be such a smart person, uh, allegedly, <laughs> he damn sure made a lot of mistakes that somebody that has absolute no idea of what they're doing in contract world would do. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, and speaking of whether somebody's smart or dumb, I mean, I like to say that Donald Trump is dumb, but this just sort of suggests these two stories together suggest that Trump at least has a savvy team around him because Giuliani really didn't give Donald Trump very much in terms of his legal representation. I mean, Giuliani really embarrassed the, the Trump campaign. And so I can understand why Donald Trump would say, I'm not gonna pay that guy. He was a clown. He simply got us involved in defamation suits. And so that's 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 a problem. The other thing is that, that, that suggests that Trump is perhaps smarter than we think. This is a brilliant time for the Trump campaign to float that Tim Scott uh, would be <laughs> perhaps Donald Trump's running mate. We're 10 days before the South Carolina primary. Yeah. Tim Scott checks off a lot of boxes and in terms of voters that Trump will need to reach in a general election uh, and so i think this is this is this is good politics of 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 Donald Trump to sort of put him out there i'm not so sure what tim scott is thinking because look tim scott is the guy who actually stood for some principle and refused to go along with the election denialism, he certified the 2020 election. So that's gonna be a problem to Donald Trump. Tim Scott also has a couple other issues where he rubs Donald Trump the wrong way. But again, just in terms of floating the story in terms of pure politics, this is putting a final nail in Nikki Haley's coffin, which will come on the 24th in the South Carolina primary.
0: Yeah, my theory is I I think Nikki Haley, Governor Haley is holding out hope. She, She wants Trump to be in prison. And uh, she wins by default the Republican nomination. I don't think that's going to happen, but I believe that's her sentiment. Biloxi, police, they decide to smother a man until he is unconscious. Here it is. So sad. Put up the picture. I want you to see this full mass. Per local outlet, WLOX, the arrest took place on a Saturday night in downtown Biloxi during a Mardi Gras parade. Outraged citizens are now seeking answers following the circulation of this bystander video. The Biloxi Police Department is now conducting an internal investigation of the incident. What did it take? It took someone putting it on social media to start an investigation. Police responded to an assault according to the record between a man and a woman in the area of Renault Street and Martin Luther King Jr Boulevard. Officers arrested one person and while leaving the scene, police say another man, 32 year old Richard de la Cruz, approached officers yelling and being disruptive. I want you to just stay there for a minute, yelling and being disruptive. Police also say when officers went to arrest De La Cruz, he resisted and officers forced him to the ground. But wait a minute, what are you arresting him for? For yelling and being disruptive at a Mardi Gras? Celebration, you're arresting him for being loud. Because the offense should at least have impeded something that you were officially doing. Let's get into it. Put it up. The bystander video posted to social media shows five officers, five. Trying to handcuff De La Cruz who's on the ground. One officer can be seen striking De La Cruz's arm multiple times while another holds his face. The police, quote, the police tackled him and they took him down, said Richard Robertson, who witnessed the arrest. One of the police officers, as you can see in the video, was punching the guy. And you had another one who was holding the guy's nose and mouth. That guy didn't do anything and didn't deserve any of that, end quote. WLOX states that according to the Biloxi Police Chief, Mr. John Miller, officers were simply trying to gain compliance by hitting de la Cruz's arm and pressing his pressure point on the nose. That's what the chief said. Chief Miller told WLOX quote, if folks will stop and slow down. They'll see the officer is throwing those blows to the right arm, trying to gain compliance. The person they're dealing with is obviously intoxicated. And not wanting to comply with their request. And the other thing you see that apparently upset a lot of people is that they believe the officer was trying to hold the nose. And it's absolutely not what's going on. That's a technique that's used. 45 degree angle under the nose, just like this. And if you look at the video, you will see Just like this, to gain compliance from pain. The alternative to that is loading him up with pepper spray, which has a lasting effect, or hit him with the taser a bunch of times. And we don't want to do any of that. We try as best as we can to try not to use those things, those instruments, tools, unless we have to. But if you have to affect the arrest, you have to affect the arrest. In other words, the chief is saying, um, investigation. You all owe me a thank you. You all owe the police officers a thank you because they did not kill him or try to with weapons. They tried to with their bare hands, much better. It's insanity. He told the press this. Other officers, um, Others, excuse me, online also were upset that one of the arresting officers reached for his gun, then pulled out pepper spray to dispense the crowd. Chief Miller pointed to officer safety, saying in part, you have a constitutional right to stand back and do all the filming you want. But there is a time when you're, going to, when you're getting too close, where these officers are worried about not only this person that they're down with, not only their safety, uh, I don't blame them one bit, end quote. According to a press release sent out by the PD, De La Cruz experienced what officers believed to be a medical issue after being handcuffed and medical services were requested. Yeah, it's called uh, being unconscious. That, that's definitely a medical issue. He was medically cleared shortly after De La Cruz. Was taken to the Biloxi Police Department, booked and charged with disorderly conduct, resisting arrest, and public intoxication. What did he do in order for you to engage with him is still my question, because that has not been answered. What criminal element did he engage in? The department's internal investigation into the incident is already underway. Chief Miller says from what he's seen so far, his officers' actions are within of policy. Quote, tomorrow I may change my mind. I may look and see something that's not within policy. But from what I've seen today, even though no one likes to say, see that, and the officers certainly don't want to be involved with it, but it is what it is. I see, if I see something that jumps out to me that's out of policy, I'll certainly address that, end quote. All right, so there's, there's an investigation under his leadership at his department That he's in charge of, he comes out and says there's nothing that has violated policy here. And we're supposed to believe that the internal investigation that is happening inside of the department that he's in charge of is going to be unbiased. At least he's telling you how it really works. Because typically the chief will get up in front of the camera and lie. Well, this guy lied, but they will lie and say, "Oh, there's, there's no conclusion yet. We are looking into this, and we're unbiased, and if we see something, we're gonna prosecute fullest extent of the law. Damn lies. This chief has already told you the fix is in. Uh, hell of a thing here. He's not even trying to play as if this is an unbiased investigation. What say you?
1: I think Mr. Della Cruz is gonna walk away with a lot of money. Biloxi is yeah. gonna have to pay a lot when they file a civil rights lawsuit. Because a couple of things here, the courts have long settled. It is established law under the you know, First Amendment. You have a right to tell a police officer to go f themselves to do something that is anatomically impossible. That cannot be grounds for an arrest. So you have a First Amendment right and the courts have long upheld that. Secondly, police are not allowed to use lethal force, according to courts, unless the person that they are, the suspect um, uh, is presenting an, an immediate danger to themselves, to the police. To bystanders, was this guy posing an immediate danger, maybe to their feelings because he was telling them certain things, but he didn't appear to be a physical danger. So the court's gonna look at this and say there was no justification, not only for the initial arrest, there's no justification for p- pushing on his nose, using force, thinking about using pepper spray. So you got two major civil rights violations here that Biloxi's gonna have to pay out for.
0: That's right. And I guarantee you, we will be doing an update on this story very soon. horror happens Joel Osteen's church there's a shooter at the mega church cops well they take the shooter down I'm going to first go to Osteen's comment and give you the background here it is
2: Of course we're devastated I mean this we've been here 65 years and have somebody shooting in your church but you know we don't understand why all these things happen but we know God's in control and we're going to pray for that little five-year-old boy and pray for the lady that was deceased, her family and all, and, and the other gentlemen. but, I don't know. It's just um, kind of in a fog, but, you know, just believe that, you know, we're, we're going to stay strong. We're going to continue to move forward, and there are forces of evil, but the, the forces that are for us, the forces of God, are stronger than that, so we're going to keep going strong and just, uh, you know, doing what God's called us to do, lift people up and give hope to the world.
0: Put up the picture full mass. Mega preacher Joel Osteen was speaking at a press conference on Sunday with the police also there in Houston. Joel Osteen blamed the quote forces of evil for a recent shooting at his Lakewood Church. According to KHOU's Jeremy. Rogalski, the shooter who entered Lakewood Church on Sunday, has been identified as Janesi Yvonne Marino, 36 years of age. The 36 year old previously identified as Jeffrey Eclante and had prior arrest for assault, forgery, theft, and evading and unlawful carrying of a weapon. That's per the Department. Of public safety in Texas. So let me give you the rest of the story. Members of the FBI, Conroe Police Department, Montgomery County Sheriff's Office, Houston Police Department, and Texas Rangers arrived at a Conroe home hours after the Sunday shooting to collect evidence and try to piece together the main piece of the puzzle. The shooter walked into the Houston mega church with a five year old while wearing a trench coat and carrying a backpack that she reportedly announced had explosives inside Uh, that was not found um, in her possession or the vehicle. Police said the woman entered the church and opened fire in the lobby around 1.53 p.m. Two law enforcement officers working extra jobs at the church returned fire and shot and Killed the woman, Houston PD Chief Troy Finner said the woman told officers that she had an explosive after she was shot, but the search found none. At some point during the shooting, the five-year-old child accompanying her and a 57-year-old man were both hit by gunfire. It is unclear if the victims were hit by bullets from the suspect's gun or from the officers who returned fire. The child was taken into Texas Children's Hospital in critical condition unfortunately. Per the Chronicle, Harris County Judge Lena Hidalgo is calling for investigators to look into whether or not the shooting was a hate crime targeting Hispanic people. The shooter arrived at the church just minutes before a Spanish language sermon was scheduled to begin, quote, I don't want to talk about her motivations because I don't know, right? Chief Finner said uh, at the Sunday press conference. Finn also said that the shooter sprayed a substance on the ground. It is still unknown what the substance was. I'm praying for um, those who have been injured, um, the five year old um, and the other bystander who had nothing to do with this. Um, and the patrons, um, those who were there to worship. To hear a sermon in their native tongue, glad no one else was injured. It's a very sad situation all the way around. Right now, we do not have any information about motive. We don't know what the substance was that was left in the building. And we also don't know if there's going to be any type of additional response from Joel Osteen. So what we have is what we have. This is a mega mega church, I think, is probably not even fitting to the kind of church that Joel Osteen has. Um, but the church has been at the center of controversy for other things, uh, mainly for not stepping up to the plate, according to some, when it comes to helping others. No matter what the criticism you may have of that particular ministry or church or place of worship, uh, having a person go to a place of worship And someone coming in to destroy them um, with gunfire uh, is obviously not a good sign for the times that we're in. David, thoughts?
1: Well, it reminds me of, I mean, there was a a church in South Carolina, an African-American church that got shut up. There was the synagogue in Pittsburgh where I think it was uh, 10 Jewish worshipers lost their lives. I mean, this seems to be happening now far too frequently where places of worship are getting shut up. I hope the conversation in this particular case will go towards towards answering the question of, okay, did this person, did this woman fall through the cracks? What is the mental health situation? What are the resources available in Houston for people like this? Did she still have access to firearms? If she did, how come? Why wasn't she stopped? I mean, all sorts of things about, yes, we may not be able to stop evil. We may not be able to catch everybody who's, who's, who's hearing things and voices and it has violent tendencies, but we as a society have to do a better job in terms of providing mental health support, making sure that people who are so troubled cannot get access to firearms and to things that would cause mass carnage.
0: Yeah, um, I'm reminded of a debate I had not too long ago. Where the individual said, "You know, if if a person wants to um, commit a crime, they want to harm somebody, they're going to be able to do so." And I reminded this person because they didn't want new laws for guns. And I reminded this person, I said, "You know, you know why you have a lock on your door? It's not because someone can't kick it in. It's because if they try to." They may not get in that first time or second time. It's enough time to alert you that something is wrong. For you to either seek safety or seek an offensive approach. If we had a safeguard, a window, the person you are in one moment may not be the same person you are in the next moment to come, but you may not get to that point. If you can have access to everything that can destroy, not only yourself, but everybody around you. Um, We'll talk
3: about this more. I had to be to Karen asked cuz she spit on me and told me I don't belong here. And it's my birthday today. Happy birthday to me.
4: I'm not allowed to eat here. I'm checking out.
2: Y'all
4: gonna slap her ass. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> gonna... Get out of here. Damn. I don't care. You can't bring her out of here. Come on. Bitch! Up! bitch sorry, bitch. you, girl? Spit on me again, bitch. Okay, 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 I'm sorry,
0: y'all, self-defense, we covered this when it first took place. We now have an update because the victim uh, provided some, well, I just call it commentary and analysis. Here it is. I did not expect this to spit on me, y'all. I didn't. She trying to walk by.
4: And she spit on me. Shorty dead ass spit on me, y'all. And that landed on my lip. On
0: my Don't let me catch that on the street. I'm gonna whoop my ass again. Let me say something. Shorty spit on me. And it landed on my lip. What? (laughs) So at this point I'm like
4: (gasps) and I'm recording, I got my phone in my left hand, where the f- do you think you're going miss ma'am? I grab her
0: and I yank her ass on the floor and I just started going crazy. Yeah, um, when I first covered this, uh, naturally, you would assume, okay. A human being, a person working at their professional job, decides to literally, you know. I don't know if she believed that somehow the person is going to be okay with that. Has she done it before? It seemed very natural. And then afterwards she said, I'm sorry. Um dear brother, you know, if there was a question about the motivation, I would say, as to why she was being that way toward the patron at that hotel. I think she eliminated any doubt when she decided to spit on another human being, right? That, that's, that's my opinion of it, what say you?
1: Yeah, no, I I think you're within your range there and suggesting that, look, I mean, you can be mad at somebody. You can say, hey, I don't like the way you're doing your job. I don't like the way you're looking at me. I don't like the way you're talking to me. Use your mouth, but once you use your mouth, actually spit on somebody, that takes it beyond just being a Karen. You are technically, you've committed assault. And so it's possible that somebody who spits on another person could go to jail for that. Never mind, of course, being humiliated uh, and shamed across the internet because you're acting like a Karen.
0: There it is, all right, that's your full update to that cyber. Exclusive, Monique received death threat from the Illumi. Well, that's according to the information that I have. Um, I was able to verify, we had indisputable verified this information. Let's put it up for a I will give you the background. She also clarified. Too indisputable that she did not. She has not apologized to Oprah nor Tyler Perry. I got more about that as well. All right, so the text message came to Sydney for husband who was also the manager of Monique. And it says ready to talk and be straightforward. Mo just apologize question mark. Okay, Um, and then it goes period. The second one is is a period. Then the next one, quote, you might want to get that. So somebody's calling, all right? So they do eventually call this person back and I'm gonna explain what happened, just letting you know the Illumi has the eyes. And then a response is good looking out and thank you for letting me know, all right? So I speak, I spoke today with uh, Sydney and Monique before the program, just to get context, to understand timing, sequence, et cetera. They eventually uh, called this person back. And according to Sydney, quote, the person says, I'm coming over to kill your family tonight, end quote. Um, naturally, this is something that is Normative, when you have uh, people that tell the truth, it happens. And nobody should have their lives threatened, their family lives threatened because you don't like what another person says about somebody else. This is not proper. We do hope the authorities are able to capture whoever provided this threat. Once again, Indisputable did confirm. We verified that this was an actual text message sequence. Now, let's go to this video of Monique as she apologizes, so to speak, I will explain to Tyler and Oprah, here it is.
4: I was wrestling with myself today. I want y'all to hear me, baby. I was wrestling with my mother self today in that goddamn hotel because I know I got to give a mother an apology. You got to run to the apology. You got to run to it. I got to give one. I listened to brother Greg Mathis. I heard you brother Greg Mathis. I heard you, Stephen A. Smith, I want y'all to understand something about me, when I have communicated something wrong, I'm a who's gonna say I'm sorry, I'm a who's gonna own what I said, I'm a who's gonna walk in what the I said, and I owe too much an apology because I communicated something Wrong to them some years ago. Tyler Perry said, I have to give him and Oprah Winfrey a public apology, and I'm going to give it right now tonight in front of you in Albany, New York. Oprah Winfrey and Tyler Perry, I want to apologize for telling you
0: All right, sounds like an apology, right? But not so fast. Uh, The part that you did not hear because the crowd was cheering, put it up. Quote, Monique said, Oprah Winfrey and Tyler Perry, I want to apologize for telling y'all to mm, because I forgot to tell y'all to lick the mm, that came with them and then that was the final. So, no apology guys, there was not an apology. I know the headline says she apologized, the truth is she did not. (laughs) David, thoughts man. Wow, what
1: an exchange, Um, (laughs) I gotta watch Monique more often. So look, a (laughs) couple of things here. somebody who's on stage, who's a comedian, they're gonna say things that are offensive. They're gonna say things that they may think is funny. And you as an audience member watching in in the audience or watching at home, you may think, oh, that's terrible. You may even be horrified. You may even be angered by that. But the moment you start to type out a message on your computer or text message or whatever, and you actually send a threat to somebody, you've crossed the line. Um, And that's where you have also broken a law, and that's where you could go to jail. And and the problem that we have in our society is, sure, maybe 95% of the threats out there are just threats people are just trying to get under your skin. But we don't know, we as a society, law enforcement doesn't know who are the people who are actually gonna act on those threats. Everybody gets treated the same. That's why these things are so dangerous. And again, I would just say to people, if Monique or anybody else or Oprah Winfrey has said something that makes you so angry, take a deep breath, go for a walk. But don't don't start
0: typing something
1: and hit send, you will regret it.
0: Yep, there you go. And I completely concur. And I will say this also about Some of the more public commentary about what a person should and should not do and how this person should apologize or et cetera. Uh, I've been in positions before where I have two people that I love very much. I know them and they are publicly in a beef. You know what I do? I call them. I pick up the phone. I call them. I talk to them. I do not go on social media Mm. to tell them what. I need them to do for me. All right. Uh, we'll give you an update guaranteed to come.
3: I end this s- bar, s- by the way. All right. Uh, end uh, this bar, uh, by the
4: right. way. All right. Stay
3: I'm going
4: down. is done, by the way. Can't wait to put this on Twitter, on your game Twitter the page. Game this is game report.
3: on call the cops, You. Get in f- your car. Go ahead. You're Go drive. Because no one even said a word to you. You're the one who started. No. No, no, no. Come on, you. Yeah, no. you did.
4: Listen, you just drank yeah. a little bit too much. Just go home. Why come are on. you acting this way? Why are uh, you it's acting this left. way? It's right. This is right. U.S. military intelligence. You idiots. More. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't want him coming. Push yeah. me out. I'm making sure he's not. You know what I mean? You're not from here. I'm not. No, you're not from here. Is he on drug? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's good. You're you smell care and You are you're out. not from okay. here. You're I'll actors. Move, you're I'll actors. Move, you're, actors. Move, you're not gonna do anything. Gonna 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 gonna... Go. Do you that's not it. think I'm gonna prevent your promotion, in the United States military? Well, yeah. if
1: I was in the military. you are in the
4: United States military, aren't you? Get out of the bar. No, no, no. Get out of the bar. You're United States military. Get
3: the Bar. No. Get out of
4: the bar. I'll prevent you in a promotion. Awesome. Get out of the bar. Why are you doing You're this to me? Stop you it. Lose. You're literally doing your job. Did I pay my bill? You left You yeah, paid. Get out. out. Okay. Get out. I don't want to be. What you are Get out. out hell, hell, bro. Too too but I want to be. In, but leave the, the bar. bar. So aggressive. I don't so care. Bad. Get out of the bar. What's she can't talk to at all. Okay. Get
2: out
4: of the bar. I'm bar. The bar is tomorrow? done. Awesome. Do you know who I am? Yeah, I do. The what bar is done to tomorrow. tomorrow. Great. Do you know who the I am? I do. I do. The bar is Keep done.
0: Like that. Keep yeah. Like that. yeah, sir. They may not know who you are, but I do. Um, this is State Representative Kevin Boyle out of Philadelphia. According to CBS News Philadelphia, PA police are investigating this incident involving a state rep. He was at a Montgomery County bar around midnight. This was last Thursday. According to the Rockledge police chief, John Gallagher. Officers responded to the Gall and Company Malt House on Huntington Pike around 1215 AM. Thursday, February 8th. After learning a man inside the bar was allegedly threatened threatening to hit female employees, okay? Police said the man later identified as Representative Boyle was reportedly a drunk and possibly under the influence of drugs as well, according to their report. At the bar, police learned that Boyle, a Democrat representing parts of Northeast Philadelphia, Montgomery County in District 172, was actually multiple times but refused. And then allegedly started to threaten the employees. Police had eventually left but came back a short time later. According to the chief, no one was injured and the staff involved told police they did not want to press charges against Representative Boyle, just wanted him to be removed from the bar. Responding officers told Representative Boyle that he was banned from the bar and ordered him to leave, at which point he walked away. Now. Here's the point where I highlight an occurrence, okay? He was told to leave multiple times. He did not, according to the report, he threatened. And then according to the video, he said he had that bar shut down by tomorrow. Police come, they order him to leave, he leaves. Is he intoxicated? Yes, likely, right, he's intoxicated. But he has enough sense to know he doesn't talk to the cop the way he talked to those women. Isn't that interesting? He has enough sense to understand. He's not going to treat the officer the way he treated the employees. There's more. Rockledge police said they're working with Matt House to review surveillance and phone video and will take appropriate action with the investigation. It is important to know that Mr. Boyle's status as an elected official and or political affiliation is relevant to the Rockledge Police Department. Video of Boyle inside the bar yelling and swearing at employees has circulated on social media. Um, In a statement shared with CBS Philadelphia on Friday, um, House Democratic leadership said they are aware of the video and uh, called it very troubling. Representative Boyle has been open about his personal challenges. We're encouraged that our colleague and dear friend is seeking help. Our commitment to delivering mental health services does not stop at the Capitol steps. The statement continued. One of the main reasons. We advocate so strongly for mental health access is the reality that challenges can and do happen to anyone and seeking treatment should be encouraged and not stigmatized. Representative Kevin Boyle is the brother of Democratic Congressman uh, Brendan Boyle, who represents Pennsylvania's second district in the US House of Representatives. And I want to say this um, to the state rep. Um, You may have an issue. You may have a problem, um, and if you do, you are encouraged, obviously, to get help. Um, and and I, hope, I hope that this situation has at least provided a mirror. Um, I used to have these moments in my life um, before I stopped drinking many years ago uh, because I didn't want to end up on a camera like that, all right? So there's no, no shame in getting the help you need, sir. All right, um, they felt.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, we all have problems. We all have issues. Uh it's not so much, you know, the issues themselves, it's what we do about them. I would like to see Mr. Boyle himself now come forward and apologize and give a public apology yep. that he embarrassed his constituents. He certainly frightened some people at that bar. And he should say, I'm an example of people who have problems, and these are the steps that I'm taking. And I encourage everybody who's got a problem with alcohol and mental health issues to also acknowledge your issues and work on them. That would be a great learning example for everybody. But I just sort of feel like, well, because he's part of a maybe a Democratic establishment and that part of Philadelphia and Pennsylvania, that he's gonna stay silent, that his brother's gonna stay silent, and it's gonna he's gonna try to sweep it under the rug, and that would be unfortunate.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. The audacity, a cop who tased Jim Rogers to death wants his job back. Let me remind you, here it is.
4: No, 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 there? Oh. Excuse me. Uh, okay. Oh. Did not what did I say? What did I say? Okay, okay. A- okay, sir. Okay, I'm listening to you. Five thirty one is bells. I'm listening to you. I'm listening to you. Five thirty one is bells. I'm listening stepping up for the. back? I'm listening to you, listening. Listening to you. Listening, sir. Now, thirty five, thirty three. I'm listening to you. I'm listening to you, sir. I'm not gonna take you. Put your hands on the back. You're gonna
2: get tased.
4: Now! Now. Now. Uh, right. uh, now. Okay, now! i am doing it now. I'm doing it now. Ma'am, mind you, my I'm not Stop doing anything. I'm not doing anything. Ma'am, I'm not doing anything now. Cerf- sir? You're about to get tased. i am not but doing anything. Let me say you have uh, no. Let me see okay. your hands. I'm oh, sorry. Put your hands behind yes, your back. Three units Now! Okay, i Now! i uh, uh, right here. I didn't do it. Put your hands behind your you. ah. uh, I'm not I'm not doing any problem. Five sir, nine, put your hands uh, oh, hand Okay, okay, 35, yeah. 31. okay Turn around. Okay, okay. Yes, yes, Ah! are ah, deployed! Okay, I'm sorry. I'm gonna hit it again! Do so. Put your hands behind the back! Put your hands
5: behind you your back! Copy, saves are deployed at 1032.
4: 3580, eight do copy. Put your hands behind your back! Okay, I'm right down! Sir!
5: Daddy, uh.
0: yeah, I'm in route,
4: baby. Okay. okay. Step it up. This mail ah. is not confined. Uh, 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 uh. Step it up! you your hands behind your back! Hey, hey, hey.
0: We're gonna give you the update to the story in the saga. Put up the cop full mask here. We brought you this last year, a police officer involved in the killing of a Pittsburgh homeless man. Fighting for his life, fighting for his job back now. Um, The officer in the video, his name is Keith Edmonds. Keith Edmonds, would like to now get his job back through the police union arbitration process. Of the five involved officers in the incident, three have had their jobs reinstated. According to The route. Jim Rogers, who was a suspect in the theft of a bicycle, died in custody of Pittsburgh Bureau of Police on October 13th. According to CNN's report, Police said they used a tase on Rogers because he was not complying with their orders. Roger was tased 10 times, resulting in him being taken to Mercy Hospital, where he died. Lee Schmidt, Pittsburgh Public Safety Director at the time, declined to identify the officers. But sources told WPXI that Keith Edmonds, who tased Jim Rogers 10 times, and officers Pat DeSauro and Greg Boss, who took Rogers to the hospital, were among those initially fired. Why, why were they fired? Because what they did was a violation of their policies and procedures for the department, so they got fired. So Rogers family was awarded a historic $8 million because the cops violated policy. They got $8 million in a settlement with the city. Pittsburgh chief of police Larry Scarato nor Pittsburgh Mayor Ed Ganey have any additional comment since the incident. So what do you have? You have multiple police officers who engage in both procedural and some would say obviously criminal conduct. A man dies because they violated the rules that they were trained in order to save and help people sustain life. They violated those rules, a man dies. They get fired. Taxpayers gotta pay a bunch of money called defunding the police. But it's by way of the police. The audacity, of this person coming back and saying, and now I want my job back. Even though it has been concluded by the brass that their actions and violations killed an entire human being that should be alive. Taxpayers are out $8 million because of their violations. He wants his job back. This is the part dear brother that makes people not like the police Mm. because there is no other job on this planet where you can violate the rules, kill somebody, and get your job back after the company has to pay out millions because of your neglect or your insane violation and approach. What say you? Well,
1: and what I mean, you think about what he must think of himself so highly that never mind. I don't think you should get his job back as a police officer anywhere. But this guy has the audacity. Not only does he want to be a police officer again. He wants to be a police officer again in Pittsburgh, that's like rubbing salt in the wound of the citizens there. This guy should be part of some sort of no police list. We should have a federal list of cops who do bad things, who violate policies, who get fired for good reasons. They should not be able to get back a job in law enforcement. But all too often, I think we find that people feel like this is the only thing they can do. He can only do this, not because of the money, not because he can't do something else, but because he loves the power. He loves the authority that he has with a badge and a gun and the ability to
0: take people's lives, I mean, there's something psychopathic about this. Yeah, it really is, it really is. We'll give you an update as it develops. Another another person who dies in Alabama corrections custody, body gets sent to the university, body then goes from the university to the family. Body parts missing, organs missing again. Again, put it up full a mask. The hell is going on in Alabama? Another makes body returned to the family with missing organs this time. Kelvin Moore, he was imprisoned in Alabama. His remains were returned to his family missing his major organs, revealing a bizarre pattern of mistreatment happening within the state's prison system. Mr Moore, died at the Limestone Correctional Facility July 21st, 2023 from a fentanyl overdose at age 43. Understand, he's not supposed to have access to fentanyl inside of a prison. This is not the first, this is not the second. This is at least the third individual I've reported on that died in a prison of fentanyl Overdose, there's more. Before authorities returned his body to his family. Once again, the authorities sent the body to the University of Alabama at Birmingham. They sent the body there for an autopsy. A few days later, Moore's body arrived at a funeral home in Mobile, Alabama, where the funeral director found that most of his internal organs were completely gone. ABC 3340 reported that his brother had a had to travel to the University of Alabama Hospital in Birmingham to retrieve his organs. Posthumously, they robbed his organs without our permission. They didn't ask, or his older brother, Simon, told the news station. That is the most vile action to do to someone, end quote. Moore's case bears striking similarities to those of Charleston, Uh, Singleton and Brandon Dotson, we cover them right here on Indisputable. Both were in prison and died in the custody of Alabama Department of Corrections. Similar to Mr Moore, the University of Alabama at Birmingham also conducted Singleton's autopsy and his body was returned to his family missing all of his organs, including his brain, including his brain. In Dodson's case, the Alabama Department of Corrections conducted his autopsy. But an independent pathologist later discovered that his heart was missing after his body was returned to his family members, severely decomposed. Alabama Governor Kay Ivey signed a bill in July 2021 to prevent forensic personnel from harvesting organs. After autopsies without permission from next to kin. But authorities have yet to explain why these inmates' organs were taken without the family's consent. Both Moore's and Singleton's family also plan to file a lawsuit. Um, You know, when that bill was signed in 2021, it made it a law, which means what is happening here is a violation of law, not simply civil statute, but of actual law. How does this continue to happen with the same two institutions—a university and the Department of Corrections? There is something foul here. There's something bad, real bad here. David, thoughts?
1: This desecration is creepy. It is disgusting. And yeah, I—I I, look. If I am, you know, law enforcement or detective or maybe the governor of Alabama, I'm calling the head of corrections and I'm calling the head of that university and I'm putting them in a room, saying, "You're going to find out by this time tomorrow." Who's involved in this? I want to know everybody that was involved. I want to know who's signing off on the body being transported. I want to know who's talking to the hospital, letting them cut up these cadavers and take the organs out. Those people need to be held accountable. And yes, if a family says, okay, I want my loved one. In my case, if I were to die suddenly, sure, I'd be fine with my body being donated to science but you need to find that out for my family first. You can't just make an assumption about yep. it. And making the assumption is what the Department of Corrections has probably, and it's probably even worse than that and what the hospital has done. This is sickening.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, you know what it is dear brother. They feel as if these individuals have no rights, they have no status, they have no no social um, power, economic power, political power. And so they treat them um, less than and it's a horrible reality that we're in in this country, um, us and them mentality, obviously. We're gonna continue to follow these stories. All right, the cops pull over a woman, she has brain injury. They put guns on her, handcuffed, all right? It's very sad, put up the picture full mass. Washington state, Nicole McClure, a woman who crashed a car while suffering a stroke was ordered out of a car. Ordered out via gunpoint, cuffed by the Washington police. Before being mocked by jail staff as she lay on the floor. Without help for more than 24 hours. McClure eventually spent 17 days in a hospital after having part of her head removed by surgeons and is now suing Thurston County Police for ignoring her symptoms following the crash March of 20. 22, McClure, 40 years of age, had left work early, suffering from a headache and dizziness. But she was spotted by Barnes driving too slowly and weaving out of her lane as she tried to get home to Olympia. She did not respond when Officer Barnes tried to pull over, eventually crashing her car into a roundabout, all right? So here's the scene. The officer pulled his gun and yelled at her as he approached the wreckage. As she stepped out with her hands up. He accused her of resisting after she did not respond to his demand that she dropped the car keys clutched tightly in her hands. Quote, she's trying to use these keys to stab, he said on tape. She's trying to use these keys as a weapon. End quote. None of that was true, by the way. Dashcam video recorded state but Jonathan Barnes slamming her over the hood of his car, demanding, quote, when's the last time you used meth? When was the last time you used heroin? She says, I haven't. I don't. She pleaded. I'm confused. I think I'm tired. No, 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 no. She was having a freaking stroke. Officer Barnes, who won the Core Values Award at his troops graduation ceremony 2019, arrested her on suspicion of intoxication, driving and felony evading, but never tested her. Did not test her at the scene for drugs or alcohol, and did not call the medics, despite the fact she was in a car crash and his protocol. In his written report, the troop also struck out a section detailing medical questions with the remark, did not ask. He took her instead to a nearby hospital where he did not mention the crash, or where she was given blood tests for alcohol and drugs that obviously came back negative. Quote, Nicole recalls being laughed at and told, have another shot. Attorney Ann Van Kirk said in a statement, quote, had Nicole received immediate medical attention, her condition would have been significantly easier to treat and the outcome far less severe. She lay vomiting for more than a day at the county jail before any medic examined her, and she was finally rushed to emergency surgery. Let me give you a response from the officials, Thurston County Prosecuting Attorney's Office confirmed it had been served with the lawsuit. Quote, while we can't discuss the specifics of independent litigation, I can confirm that the safety of inmate staff and the general public remains a top priority for the Thurston County Corrections Facility said a spokesperson. Uh, The Sheriff Derek Sanders runs the Thurston County Police and Chief Trevor uh, Davis runs the Correction Bureau um, stops with them supposedly. Uh, gentlemen, you have work to do if your leadership is more than feckless. Um, Dave, this thing here was so extreme. If the officer just were to followed a simple protocol, which is make sure that there is a paramedic that comes. This is a crash. Individual has been involved. But he made all of these assumptions. This is This is when bias, mm-hmm. assumption, this is when it leads to somebody's death or significant injury. If he would have approached that situation based on his training rather than his bias, she likely does not have this level of severe trauma, what say you?
1: Well, and never mind his training, if he would have approached it with just a little bit of humanity. I yep. mean, he might have had some suspicions, maybe he's been around a lot of you know cases where people have crashed vehicles because they were on drugs or whatever. That's fine for him to have those suspicions. But you gotta get those suspicions confirmed. You can't just yep. operate on them. And if he would have shown a little bit of humanity, a little bit of compassion and honor, protect and serve, he would have called the medics. He would have said, look, I don't know what's going on here. She's acting strange. We gotta find out. Let's make sure she's okay. That would have solved it. And then he would have, you know, a couple hours later, he could have said, okay, I was wrong. There was no, yep. there was no alcohol in her system. She was having a medical emergency and I probably shouldn't have assumed that. But the moment a bad cop acts on his assumptions, the assumptions of bad cops are always filled with bias, racism, bigotry, it goes on and on. And that's why getting the bad cops out of the system are so important. It's not just about the police, it's about all of our safety. Because the moment a bad cop sees you and you're in some distress, you're in trouble.
0: That's right, very well said, dear brother.
2: Of course we're devastated. I mean this we've been here 65 years and have somebody shooting in your church but you know we don't understand why all these things happen but we know God's in control and we're going to pray for that little 5-year-old boy and pray for the lady that was deceased her family and all and and the other gentlemen but no, 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 it's just um, kind of in a fog, but you know, just believe that, you know, we're, we're going to stay strong. We're going to continue to move forward. And there are forces of evil, but the, the forces that are for us, the forces of God are stronger than that. So we're going to keep going strong and just, uh, you know, doing what God's called us to do, lift people up and give hope to the world.
0: Yep. His statement was kind of like a sermon. All right. Mm-hmm. It kind of avoids controversy. It doesn't really go back and forth with anybody. Uh, To talk about the incident and the response, I have with me writer, editor of Ordinary Times, host of the Herd Tale show. Always a pleasure having our dear brother on the program. It's gonna be interesting to see exactly what comes out of this, because I have some recommendations as to what should have happened. Good day, welcome. How are you doing, sir? Always great to be with you. Good to have you, Andrew. Andrew Donaldson. I don't know if I said the name up front. (laughs) So, Andrew, let me ask you this, man, because given your, let's just say, your conservative leaning and the identifying of that conservative leaning with evangelical faith, Christian evangelical faith in particular, the response that Olstein gave, How did that strike you personally? How do you think it strikes the community at large?
5: I want to be careful because his statement is what I would expect from him, the book we have on him from 20-some-odd years of public ministry. That's what I expected him to say. Now, I got a lot of feelings about him, both theologically sure. and morally. I don't believe what he preaches. I find him to be a charlatan in a lot of ways. Having said all that, his church doesn't deserve to be shot up. he He's right. just caught in the middle of this. So I think those criticisms and a lot of the ugly stuff on the Internet, this ain't the time to joke and mock Joel Osteen. this This is yep. not the time for that. This is one of those things that you. I, I like the way you teed it up. Look, if you are serious about your faith, you struggle with things. You don't struggle with your faith, you struggle on working out your faith. And this is one of those things where you're going to struggle and work it out. I I put out a tweet earlier today, look, the place where I worship has a security plan. Me and my family will not go to a church that doesn't have a security plan. It's sad that that's where we live at, but that's where we're at now in America. You just have to have that. And one thing, I got my own issues. I don't want to be looking over my shoulder during church. It's hard enough to pay attention as it is, let's be real. Joel Olstein and and the Lakewood Church. Just let's set the scene for people. This is the old summit. This is where the Houston Rockets played basketball back when they were really, really good, right? You're talking tens of thousands of people in a downtown location. This could have been really, really bad. There was two off duty officers there. There was still three people shot. The perpetrator was killed. Their five year old son that the shooter brought with them. This is a new twist that's pretty ugly in Wigan. That child's in critical condition. There's also a man who's by all accounts and is some bystander caught around. This could have been a whole lot worse And here we go again, when we start looking into this individual and the totality of the circumstances, things don't happen in a vacuum. They happen in a sequence. And once again, we have systemic failure of somebody with a 20 year criminal record that somehow showed up with a weapon. And it should have been worse, could have been worse, thank God it wasn't.
0: Yep, and I echo your sentiment about, uh, you gotta dismiss it at this present moment. You dismiss the theological disagreement you may have with Joel Osteen. And you understand that the service, That was um, attempted to be interrupted based on one of the narratives was actually a service for um, um, Latin brothers and sisters who had a service in their native tongue that was about to start. And they want to see if somehow this was a targeted attack because of that. We don't know. But cause and effect matters. Cause and Mm -hmm. effect matters. Number one, you have this child who's in critical condition, you have a person. The, the perpetrator who brought the child in and the child is now shot. They're saying, "Oh, we don't know if the cops shot the child or if the perpetrator did, I, I believe the cops probably did. That's just my belief currently, it could change. And then you have another individual injured. But at the press conference, and we're thankful to God that, no, that nobody else was hurt or killed at the press conference. When when you have that kind of of massive, um, let, let's let's do this, dear brother. Okay. Let's not let's not look at this as a church. Yeah. Let's look at it as a as a corporation because it is in part a corporation, which Osteen will tell you that. Okay. Yep. So let's look at it as a corporation. This thing happens at one of the biggest corporations in America. All right, at the headquarters. To to not. At least say, you know, we're going to pay the the medical bill um, of this five year old, uh, and hope and continue to pray that they pull through. Uh, we're going to pay the medical bill of the fifty uh, some sixty year old person who was shot at another bystander, uh, and we applaud the work of our security uh, who was able to stop anyone else from being injured or dying. See, to me, that's a whole answer. Do you understand what I'm saying, dear brother? Yeah. Like, I would expect a corporation to say something like that. And if a corporation did not say that, I would be upset that the corporation did not say that. This is one of the largest churches on the planet Earth. Yeah. It's one of the largest on the whole freaking planet. I don't know if there's a church larger than this, it could be. But to not even have that kind of fortitude during this press conference just irks me, man, because people are suffering, people are hurting. Uh, It's unfortunate that it happened, but you're not powerless, dear brother. You're not powerless, Joel. You can do some things here. What say you?
5: Yeah, there, there was criticism back during the Houston flooding, remember that a yeah, few years ago, I mean. and then they, they came back later and did some things. But in the moment, they kind of missed the bigger picture. You may have a point there, I don't want to overly criticize because you know obviously you get waylaid with something like this. You're just trying to not say anything wrong in front of the cameras. I get that. To be fair to the people of the Lakewood Church, there's so many people in that church. If they put out any kind of a message in social media, you would have the money for that probably within a matter of minutes. Yes. If you yes. put it out on yes. any kind of social media platform, people would flood it with more money than those folks. Could Imagine the Trauma this five-year-old's gonna go through for the rest of their life, even if they recover medically, just what we know now about the parent and what all that's involved. This goes to a word that gets abused in our language a lot, but I wanna apply it to these mass shootings because we do this. You gotta have a holistic approach to this stuff, and I don't mean the nutty medicine stuff to get sold to folks. I mean, you gotta look at the whole problem here, the community coming together, law enforcement. You just ran how many? Three, four stories in a row on your program, law enforcement not taking care of the problem. We're going to find find out now through the legal system, this person, we call it fall through the cracks. Now I don't think they fell through the cracks. I think the legal system didn't handle them appropriately and may have even made this situation worse. We will find those things out. We need to talk about this societally, law enforcement wise. If you're people of faith in a church like you and me both are, you got to deal with that part of it. More of a holistic approach is because everybody's, well, what was written on the rifle? Well, what did they identify with? Well, which service were they attacking? Everybody wants to take their one little piece out of all these things and go, Oh, fix my one little bugaboo piece and it'll solve all of it. No, it won't, you have to attack all of it. We have to have law enforcement that's accountable. We have to have societies that accountable criminals that do small things get reformed, not just made into worse criminals by the system. People with an obvious mental health element that's got to be added in holistic all of it. These are all of the above answers. We're really bad with all the above. We like to pick out one or two things, beat our chest yep. and then go to the next one because the news cycle is fast enough. We don't have to have accountability for us either demanding accountability for everybody else.
0: Andrew, look at the numbers, dear brother, look at the numbers. You have over 90% of individuals in this country. They believe that police reform needs to happen. Yep. You have well over 70% of gun owners who actually agree with red flag laws. um, That would alert if an individual has a mental health issue. You have the vast majority of actual gun owners and of non gun owners, they agree on the sentiment. Of making sure that there's an opportunity to assess after there's a charge of a violent offense. These are common sense to most people. The majority of those who subscribe to the NRA say, yes, this is a good idea. The majority of those who don't subscribe to the NRA but are self-identified gun owners say, yes, we need to do this. We need to work in this direction. Why do you believe? that? I know why I believe it's not happening, but why do you believe these common sense policies that obviously connect back to cause and effect are not happening even though the vast majority of Americans agree they should.
5: Two things, self serving of people's agenda. And the other thing is there's a little bit of fear involved. Um, The self serving part is evident law and for you talk about churches being a big business and, and even though I take my faith very seriously, I've studied theology both academically and just because I like it for over 20 years now. Uh, Christianity in America is a big business. Can we have a grown folk talk about that? Law enforcement is a big business. It's a massive multi billion dollar business. And that beast needs fed. You got to have funding, you got to have grants. And sometimes the policies they pursue are more online with that. Let's just be adults here that they need that funding. It's a business as well. So it becomes a self serving thing for law enforcement. People get fear. Yes, you have a right to own a weapon in America. The nitty gritty of that people get really scared about talking about it. And then you have the other part of it that's fear of this. If we're going to have policy discussions about things like mass shootings, everybody's going to have something they're wrong about to get to the consensus to fix it. So we can all agree on the buzzword of, oh, we don't want to have violence or oh we don't we want to have peace in the street. I like the I wish police would get back to the old term, the old times had peace officers. You're supposed to be keeping the peace. Yep. We all want to have those buzzwords that make us feel good, but we don't understand that to get there somewhere in there we're gonna have to give up a little bit. The police is gonna have to give up a little bit. I would encourage our folks on the right who talk about small government. Well, look at the police as what they are. That's the armed enforcement wing of the government. That probably could be smaller and more managed with it. That would fit into their credo of what they believe if they just apply it properly. And folks that are rightfully upset about civil rights in the way police, you just talked about it. Something as simple as in custody is in care. Doesn't matter if it's when the cuffs go on through the bail process, which is creating more criminals than solving. We can talk about that some other time we have in the past through incarceration, through prisoner penitentiary, in custody is in care. If we just affix that to stuff, look how much would fix and you wouldn't have those horrible stories you just had. Those go across party spectrums, ideological spectrums, that's just basic human stuff. But we're all gonna have to give up a little bit of what we fear. And we're gonna have to give up a little bit of what we're really scared to deal with to get there. And that gap, though really small in theory, is massive when you start putting in the people element of people having to actually talk about it, that's
0: hard. Yeah, cops are sworn in as peace officers, uh, to your yep. point about the peace officers. They're not sworn in as police officers, but peace officers. And here's the other dynamic. The, the policy agenda cannot be disconnected from the special interest agenda. Yeah. And the reason we do not have a policy agenda or a law or legislation with bipartisan support as it relates to some of these dynamics. is because you have special interest groups, gun manufacturers among them, the most powerful among them. uh, They advocate and lobby against common sense reform. And it's not just federal. Let me give you a state example. In the state of Georgia, there's a state law that makes it illegal for a local jurisdiction, a county or municipality, to pass any law that would regulate gun safety, for example. If a county wants to regulate how a gun is stored around young minors, that's illegal. They cannot do so. Commissioner Ted Terry out of a place called DeKalb County, Georgia, attempted to do that because there there were three children who got access to a gun. Children, we're talking about well under 10 years old. And tragedy happened, right? So he wants to do something. He wants to make sure that there's an accountability factor. But there's this state law that prohibits him from moving forward. Once again, that's a cause and effect connected to that same lobby. And until you get that lobby out of the way, you're gonna have these massive disconnects where gun owners are saying, yeah, this is a good idea. NRA members are saying this is a good idea. But the man- manufacturers are saying no and the top leadership of NRA, NRA, they're saying no. All right, remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always
3: indisputable.